0: place with my own two hands. make a kind of place oh, with my, oh, with my own two hands with my own, oh, with my own
1: two hands. happy wednesday you are listening to the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio I'm your host Adele Kraft and you are tuned into My Own Two Hands a monthly collaboration between AZYEP and Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies program. Colorado Mountain College offers several bachelor's degrees in different disciplines. The spotlight of our show is their Sustainability Studies program. This degree offers an interdisciplinary approach that focuses on the three E's of sustainability, a healthy environment, a vibrant economy, and social equity. In addition to the three E's, students learn about resiliency, empathy, and much more through a rigorous academic program and experiential learning. During last month's show, we spoke with Jared Madgkut, a recent CMC Sustainability graduate, about his capstone project on the power of narrative and storytelling to influence climate action. If you missed that show or any other ASEap shows, you can always listen to shows you missed on kdnk.org, ASYEP.org, Or your favorite podcast feed. I'm excited to have another recent graduate on the show today. Christina Matzel just finished her Bachelor of Arts in Sustainability Studies and is here to talk about her senior project. She explored the topic of community member involvement in climate change initiatives. Today, we'll talk about her research, the concept of sustainability, and how it can all be applied in our local communities. Thank you so much for joining me, Christina. Hi, Dale. It's nice to see you. Um, To kick off the show, can you introduce yourself, tell us about who you are and a little bit of your background in sustainability.
2: Yeah, uh, well, my my name is Christina Matzel, and I, as you said, just graduated from CNC with my bachelor's. I live in Newcastle, and I have three kiddos, and sustainability is pretty important to me for my family.
1: Awesome. I know that in April you got a sustainability related job. Congratulations. That's Thank pretty you. big deal. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I got hired on at Clear here in Carbondale uh, at the Third Street Center. And most of what I do is energy coaching. So I help people figure out the most energy efficient stuff for their home.
1: Amazing. Um, why is sustainability important to you personally?
2: Sustainability is important to me personally because I feel like it's involved in everything. It's the quality of our food, the quality of our air, and I really want, you know, my kids, my grandkids, everybody to be able to enjoy all those things and enjoy nature. And if we don't have sustainability moving forward, the quality of that's all going to go down.
1: I love sustainability because it means so many different things to so many people, and I think that that keeps it really open, um, and it can also encompass, you know, so many different aspects of our life, from the social aspect, environmental, um, the economy. So I know, like we said, you just graduated. Congratulations. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the program and what you studied?
2: Yeah, the program is pretty broad. There's so much to it. My focus is I I got my certificate in permaculture. And so I like being outside and working with my hands. Um, But I really kind of focused on our communities and how to, you know, interact and get more people involved in the community.
1: Christina, what were some of your favorite parts of the CMC Bachelor of Sustainability Studies program? Maybe projects that you worked on, classes that you took that stood out to you, professors that helped you along your sustainability journey? Yeah, probably my favorite class
2: was permaculture. And um, I personally really like to garden. And so it was a nice way to get outside and connect with local businesses and learn a little bit more about how to take care of the area around me, and it was an interesting way to see our area because we took trips all, all over, and I got to go up to Steamboat, and, and we spent some time at some local permaculture farms, and that was a really neat way to see what other people are doing in the area.
1: I know I did the sustainability studies program too, and I really enjoyed all of those hands-on projects and getting to actually be on the ground working to advance sustainability. Yeah. Was there anything else that stood out to you in the program?
2: Yeah, I really liked getting out for the conservation biology, and um, in those classes we got to go and again, see more of the area and actually be out and looking under rocks and in the water and and different things. And that was that was a really cool part of it too. And um, I had a big connection with Kevin Homer Pegram, who's the chair of the program, and he was really helpful and inspirational in a lot of the choices I made and helping me have confidence in in the choices I made and what I was studying.
1: Yeah, Kevin's great. I hope he's listening to
2: this. (laughs) Me too.
1: A requirement of the bachelor's degree program is that you complete a capstone research project. So what was your research project? What did you focus on?
2: My focus, so the title of my capstone paper was uh, what motivates community members to participate in climate actions. Uh, so I was really focused on what motivates each of us to get
1: out and participate. What inspired you to choose that topic as your research project?
2: I was really fascinated with kind of the, the level of participation in our, you know, specifically Garfield County communities, how, you know, there's differences between, you know, up in Carbondale versus down in Newcastle and Rifle, and in the participation. And I wanted to see what what motivated and what were the differences in what motivated people to participate.
1: So, what did the research process look like? How did you gather that information?
2: So, I developed a survey and put it out on social media, uh, just asking people what their level of of knowledge about climate change was if they had any concerns and any interests. And I also held a few focus groups at the Garfield County Libraries to try and get some in-person input as well.
1: What kind of feedback did you hear from community members? What were they talking about? What surprised you? What did you learn?
2: Well, for the focus groups, I was really hoping to have some pretty good turnout. I ended up having a total of four people out of five um, focus groups held (laughs) show up and so they were pretty intimate conversations and some people didn't know a whole lot and had some questions and concerns and just were open to listening to new ideas and some people had some goals uh, that they were actually actively trying to work on in the community. And so that was really interesting, just that not a lot of people showed up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that lack of participation was indicative of the attitudes towards sustainability and climate action?
2: I did a little bit. And adding into that from the survey responses, there were, I kind of found that about one third of the respondents were very, opposed and anti-climate change, and about two-thirds had some concerns or wanted to know more. There was a lot of interest in wanting more information and education, which I thought reflected a little interesting on my focus groups because nobody showed up (laughs) when they said that's what they would like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how many people um, turned the surveys in? I had around
2: 50 respondents for the county.
1: Wow yeah um, so what what were the findings? What factors did you find contribute to community member involvement in climate change initiatives?
2: People said that they were more likely to participate if there was money involved <laughs> and, um, or if they already had a predisposed concern and were pretty active in any way, and then just a desire to have more information would motivate them to be involved. I guess. So.
1: Did they highlight any of those pre-existing concerns? Like, what did you find out was important to community members in the realm of sustainability and climate action?
2: Those that had concerns were really focused, kind of broadly. There wasn't a lot of focus on our local issues. Okay. Um, some mentions of water, which is huge in our area, and and but a lot of and a lot of mentions of of waste. There was waste concerns.
1: If you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. I'm Adele, and this is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration with Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies Program. We're talking with recent graduate Christina Matzel about her capstone project on community member involvement in climate change initiatives. Let's get back to the conversation. What were some of the most interesting concepts or things you learned from your research? Was there anything else that like jumped out at you that you weren't expecting?
2: In my research, I kind of ended up focusing on facilitators. And as the facilitators are this third party who is able to put information out there and set up the events and get people more involved. And so I ended up, looking a lot more into that avenue to help help get people out and participating, and that that seemed like a lot more effective way to do things. Uh, so having these third-party facilitators help get people active was a better method than smaller activist groups doing it on their own.
1: Okay, do you have any examples of what that would look like in our community? Well, Clear, <laughs> uh, where I ended up
2: getting to work, is is one of those facilitators, and we have we have a few others in the area like Core and Garfield Clean Energy, and they have they they work better because they have some funding coming in and they are able to put out the materials and marketing and. And get people on board. Uh, so I mean, it really is active in our community.
1: I know that you talked a little bit in your paper about like starting with, you know, individual actions and small actions and things that people can do, and that being a motivator. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, we're definitely able to
2: obviously take our own actions personally. In my home, we try to eliminate our plastic use, and you know, reduce our waste and not use paper plates and things like that and do composting and gardening. And as an individual, it doesn't always feel like a whole lot, but as you're kind of an example and other people start doing that too, and then you find maybe through these facilitators and third parties that there are more people who are doing it too, those individual actions just really build up and multiply.
1: Absolutely. I know that I talked to Kevin, one of the sustainability professors in a previous episode of this show, and we talked about active hope, that concept of actively putting your your feelings, your emotions, your goals into your work. Um, and I think that that is it's really, really important for people to feel like they're doing something, you know, um, and I think that, that that definitely starts with individual action. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's nice to feel good about what you're doing
2: and then to feel like
1: you're not alone. Absolutely. Um, so going forward, kind of next steps, how can your findings apply to climate change action in our local communities? Well, I really, in my new job with CLEAR,
2: I, I'm really learning to that. I'm applying exactly what I was researching and
1: that's such a gratifying feeling. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um but so I I'm through the research that I did, I'm able to understand a little more about what motivates people to do anything, you know, for sustainability and it's helping me to understand, you know, people's reasoning for saying yes or no and what might tip them over to saying yes in the future, what might help push them towards a more sustainable sustainable decision.
1: So in your work at CLEAR, what kind of recommendations are you giving to people or how are you helping them be more sustainable? So in my work, people can call in
2: and they ask, I'm looking for information on appliances or insulation and I'm able to direct them to some suggestions like for appliances we look at energy star certified refrigerators or you know any any of that and so I've done some research to figure out some good suggestions and there's there's always improvements in technology and so we're always researching that as well and and then on top of that with our work we connect those customers or clients with rebates to help save money on those appliances that are in turn supposed to help save the money in their home, on their electric bills.
1: Well, I'm just curious, does that ever open up larger conversations with your clients about sustainability and big picture?
2: Um, It definitely has, and I hope that it will continue to open up more conversations. But I've recently talked to a client about just uh, thinking about, I guess, passive solar and in their home and what other low-cost ways they can keep their home cooler in the summer and why their home is getting so hot. And that, you know, I guess that doesn't directly have to do with sustainability, but it does because it's, it's thinking about our environment. And you know, so that's, I guess, an indirect example
1: no. <laughs> that I've just recently yeah, dealt with. I want to focus in a little bit on kids because here at the Andy Sankey Youth Empowerment Program, we have a focus on youth, and I know that you are a mom. So how can your research be applied to young people who want to affect positive change? Or what advice do you have for kids that want to get into maybe sustainability more broadly or climate action?
2: Well, like we talked about with the individual action, kids can... You can make a lot of choices, and you can choose... You know, what kind of foods you eat and if you want to have foods with less packaging or foods that are organically grown or local. And all of that has to do with sustainability. Um, my kids at home kind of focus on, uh, we do composting, so they have to take out their composting and they have to think about <laughs> what they're putting in their recycling and you know, we, we talk about turning off the lights and that is definitely, I mean, that's an easy decision for kids to make. That sometimes is hard to remember to turn off the lights. And, you know, as your family makes choices for different things, you can have some say and influence what your parents buy. And so there's, there's a lot that kids can do. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yes. Kids are the future. Um, I like to ask at the end kind of a big picture question and I know you just got your job at Clear <laughs> but now that you've graduated what's next for you personally in your education and your career or what goals do you have what hopes for the future
2: Well I'm I'm still you know learning about what we do in Clear and and how to help people but I'm really excited to be doing this and really excited to be helping our community make better choices and move towards Renewables and you know better efficiency, and it's 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 really exciting for me. And I don't know about school, but I know that I'm through work. I've been sitting in on webinars and learning more about what is out there to to improve the efficiency of our homes and buildings and businesses. So. I guess for me that's really exciting because I'm, I'm really excited to learn about, about how we live and what could make it better, and so yeah, I just growing in in that direction, I guess.
1: That's one thing about sustainability that's always so exciting that there are new like new technology coming out all the time new ideas new innovations and it just the field of sustainability just keeps changing and I know you mentioned like that ongoing education through your work and also just being um, excited to be here and working with the community and the community is really grateful to have people and organizations like yours too
2: yes it's really exciting to be part of it
1: well, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add on the topic of your capstone research, sustainability more broadly, kids? Um, anything you want to leave us with? <laughs> um, I guess just that,
2: you know, we we might feel like we're not doing a whole lot with our individual actions. But even no matter how old you are, there's you can make a difference. Even though it might not feel like it, you really can.
1: Okay. One more big picture question for you. And if you need time to think about this, that's okay. But what gives you hope for the future? I know that learning about sustainability and especially having sustainability infused in your job, it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Um, like we have all of these like big, um, you know, we're thinking about climate change, we're thinking about pandemics, we're thinking about drought, and sometimes that can be really disheartening. So what what gives you hope? What keeps you going?
2: Really living where we are, I see so many people making choices like we are. When I leave the area, I see that our influence is spreading and there are more people making decisions to improve sustainability there there are programs at other colleges too and there's there's all of this that's that's growing in in the way our country is working and the the goals that we have and I really have hope that we are moving forward and you know with with decisions and with laws and with the economy that that things are going to get better and I hope they continue to get better really fast
1: <laughs> me too well thank you so much christina for being on the show today and for making the time to talk with me
2: thank you adele
1: today is a little bit bittersweet because this is the last time that my own two hands will be on ASYEP airtime that's right the show is moving over to katie and k and that means that you get two episodes this month from now on, the show will be co-hosted by myself and CMC Assistant Dean of Instruction, sustainability guru, and friend Adrian Fielder. So if you like what you heard today, tune in on the fourth Monday of every month at 4.30 for more episodes of My Own Two Hands. Our first show in our new time slot will be on Monday, August 29th at 4.30. Adrian and I will be chatting with Aaron Perry of Why on Earth. Thanks so much for listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK. It's been a pleasure speaking with Christina and sharing with you. I would like to give a special shout out to all of the kids that went back to school today. I hope you had a great first day of school. Here at AsYep, we are getting ready for the school year too. We are offering two after-school radio classes this fall. During Be Heard, middle school students will explore many aspects of radio, from music to news, current events creative writing, and will create a monthly public affairs show. Elementary school students are invited to learn about music, storytelling, art, and radio through our Kids Corner class. Classes start the week of September 12th. For more information, visit azyep.org or email Adele at azyep.org. Have a great day. All right. yeah.
0: the world with my own two hands make a better place with my own With my own, with my own two hands. Oh, with my own, oh, with my own two hands. I'm gonna make it a bright. Try to play.